Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. My property portfolio was generating more equity for me than what I was earning in my day job. And that was also around the time where, you know, I was absolutely confident that I'd be in a position where I could retire before an age of 40. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors, find out more about their stories, mindset and strategy. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, I'm speaking with Jack Chen to build a property portfolio that was enough to secure his retirement by the time he was 40, then start his own business in mortgage broking. Find out that and more in this episode. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. Jack Chen is a mortgage broker at Bankers Finance and following his departure from the IT industry after 10 years, Chen runs his own mortgage broking company to share his successful strategies with fellow investors. I think most property investors, you know, have some element of um, doubt or some element of self-limiting beliefs. Um, But if you can actually take them through the journey, um, if you actually take the time to paint the picture as to their possibilities, they can actually visualize it for themselves. that, you know, like say if they thought they could only um, have one or two properties, but in the end, they could actually service for eight or nine properties, like that's really empowering. And if they can see that, um, they'll be actually motivated to take action. So what is it like on a day-to-day basis running a mortgage broking business? Because I've just started out my mortgage broking business, um, I spend, you know, a part of my day on the marketing side on trying to build referral networks um, just so I have a steady source of leads and steady source of prospects coming through the door. Um, The other part of my day, I spend actually meeting clients, talking to clients, Um, but the bulk of the day I actually spend at my desk um, looking at um, the client's circumstances and then modelling out like what could be achieved given, given their financial circumstances. Um, So as I was mentioning earlier, it's um, if you can paint a picture as to what the possibilities are, um, it's it's really mind-blowing stuff. It's really empowering. So I actually spend a lot of time on the modelling. 
So if you talk to other mortgage brokers, if there are any mortgage brokers listening to this, they'll probably be rolling their eyes um, because just of the time commitment required to do this. Um, most mortgage brokers will just model out model out your next purchase. Um, but I'll, I'll actually take the time, model out your next four, five, six purchases just so I can have that conversation with my clients and paint that picture as to the possibilities. Although Chen's interest in property developed later in life, the inspiration from the hard work by his parents in developing their own business led him to apply their ethics to his own property investment career. To be honest, I, I only developed an interest for property um, around the time that I started my IT career. So growing up, I didn't have any role models. I didn't have any interest in property. Um, probably the next closest thing would be watching my parents. Um, they didn't own properties, but they did um, have their own small business. Um, and I saw it grow. It, it started out just being um, out of the shed. Um, we used to import stuff. My dad would keep it in the backyard shed. And that was how it started. And then I just saw it grow and grow and grow. Um, and eventually he sold out of that business. Um, he retired in his 50s and now he spends, you know, half the year traveling the world. So he's, he's living the life now. So that, that, that really inspired me, like, because I knew how obsessed he was with building that business. And, that, and that's kind of the attitude that I've started to take on for my property, property investing. Mainly, it was Chen's early interest in computers and intensive start of his career in the IT industry that led to his later movement into property investing. So I grew up in the Hills District of Sydney. Um, for high school, I went to um, Cherrybrook Tech. Um, and then for uni, I went to um, UTS. I've always been passionate with computers. Um, so it was only natural that I did a degree in IT. Um, and then my first grad job was uh, at an IT consultancy. So I think um, like when I first started out, I was only making like 45K or something like that in my first grad job. Um, and I was doing ridiculous hours. I was doing maybe 60, 70, 80 hour weeks at that time. Um, and then I just thought to myself, I, I can't, I can't sustain this. There must be a better way. Um, and that kind of, that's kind of what led me to property. Before his movement into property, Chen gained industry experience and developed the analytical and problem-solving skills that would help his future investing career. Started my first job in 2006. I've been in the IT industry um, for the last 10, 11 years. Um, so I first joined that IT consultancy I was there for about four and a half years. I was doing ridiculous hours. Um, I needed a way out. Um, so eventually I left that and I joined the industry. Um, so with that, I got a bit of a pay bump and a bit more regular hours. So I was maybe doing 40, 50 hour weeks instead of, you know, 70, 80 hour weeks. So that, that was a good transition and uh, I don't regret it for a second. Um, but like I was still stuck in this, in the rat race and I knew that, um, I knew that, you know, I wanted something more for myself. For the most part of my career, I was doing um, business analysis. Um, so that was, it's really the intersection of business and technology. So it's um, talking to the techies, talking to the business, um, figuring out solutions, 
um, and then actually implementing solutions. So actually, um, for the most part, I actually enjoyed my work. Um, I, I was, you know, reasonably fulfilled. Um, what I didn't like was really the idea of work and being forced to, you know, sit behind a desk um, in the office nine to five and being told what to do. So I didn't really mind work. It was really just the idea and the, the restraints around having to work for someone else. While the change of pace allowed Chen more creative freedom, the restrictions and lack of control in his career became the catalyst for his exit from the corporate world. More recently, I started to get, in, I started to get into software product management. Um, so actually creating software products. Um, and again, like that was another avenue where I could, you know, let my creativity a little bit run a little bit wild. Um, so yeah, again, I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, but then coming back to the idea of work and working um, for a paycheck. Um, so my company that I work, the company that I work for, got bought out by a international firm. Um, and during that whole process, the whole buyout process, like I. Like my hands were stuck. I couldn't make any decisions. My like all my authority and my decision making power was just stripped. So like I was just going to work but spinning my wheels. I couldn't do anything. And um there was a real possibility that they may, you know, I might get retrenched or whatever else. So I really, really disliked that and the fact that that was thrust upon me and I had no control over that. Um that was the trigger point really for me to leave my corporate career and um, start my own mortgage broking business. Well, that was very recent. So I started that job um, about a year and a half ago. And then that whole buyout process, that was about six months ago. When Chen left the corporate world, he decided to educate himself before taking the plunge into his property investing journey. So as I mentioned earlier, when I first started out, um, in my IT career, I was doing crazy hours and I just needed a way out. So I was, I was um, trying everything. Like, um, you know, I had a couple of e-commerce businesses going. Um, I went to see a financial planner, um, got some advice around shares. Um, and then I started educating myself on property. So I picked up a few different books on property and then educated myself. Um, and then after reading those books, I was convinced. I was like, wow, this is really powerful. I can actually see how property might create wealth for me in the future. So I decided there and then I would start saving for a deposit. Um, I mean, I, I was a natural saver anyway, so it wasn't, um, it wasn't too crazy. Um, but I finally decided what I was going to direct my saving my savings activities towards um, because I was still living at home. Um, I was saving, you know, pretty much my whole paycheck. Um, so then I decided I'll, I would keep accumulating and then use that for a deposit for um, investment property. Despite the doubts of his friends and family and its initial condition, Chen's first property would be the first of his extensive portfolio. First property I purchased in 2007, so my second year of full-time work. Um, I bought a two-bedroom walk-up flat in Marrickville in Sydney. Um, and I bought that for 307 I remember, $307,000. And at that time, like, 
like friends and family that I told about this, um, they they just told me that they they just started laughing at me. They were like, "Why why would you spend that much on a dump like that?" Because it it was literally a dump. Like it was it was pretty bad. It needed a lot of work. Um, they were like, "Why would you spend three hundred and seven thousand dollars on on something like that? Like you're out of your mind." So from the get go, like I was I had a lot of discouragement. Um, but I knew that. Um, I knew from reading those books that if I applied those principles, that eventually um, time in the market and as the property cycle goes through, um, eventually I'll make my money. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Chen's journey in overcoming his investing fears and his entrance into mortgage broking. Yeah, I think it was mostly driven by fear. Um, the fear of, you know, if rates keep climbing up and I can't afford to hold it. How he made his investments work for him? I didn't even have to show up to work and my property portfolio would be generating more money than for me than what I was doing for myself in my day job. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. After expanding his portfolio to five properties, Chen's personal fears of debt and climbing interest rates would, in hindsight, lead to his biggest investing regret. I think this mistake is shared with a lot of property investors actually and that mistake is actually selling a property. Um, So that Marrickville property that I bought back in 2007, I actually sold that in 2012. You know, I made about um, 150k on that, which is nothing to sneeze at. But 2012, that's really just just before the Sydney boom got going. So that's my biggest regret: selling that property. Um, when if I had held it, you know, that 307k property that I bought back in 2007, if I had held it, it would probably be close to 800k now. If I had held if I had held on to it, but you know, I was a little bit fearful at that time at that time because um interest rates are starting to head back up so i think interest rates were about seven point something maybe close to eight percent um and i was trying to um pay down as much of my ppr debt as i could so that's what led me to selling it but really i could have afforded to hold it so that's that's my biggest regret because it was my first property um and because i was a little bit scared of debt at that time yeah i think it was mostly driven by fear um the the fear of you know if rates keep climbing up and i can't afford to hold it um and i also kind of wanted the certainty of paying down you know taking the cash and then paying down my pprr on deductible debt fortunately for chen he quickly recovered and continued his investing journey luckily in 2007 there was the seven thousand dollar first time owners grant 
Um, so I purchased that property, put in the 20% deposit, um, moved in, renovated it, and then moved out, moved back home with my parents, and then just continued to save like crazy for my next deposit. One of Chen's ultimate successes through his project management skills and natural saving habits allowed him and his wife to leave full-time work and let his property portfolio to grow. So the aha moment for me was um, around 2013, 2014. And then I plugged all the numbers in a spreadsheet, started to project it out. So at that point in time, I had, I think about three point something, close to four mil in property. And the aha moment for me was when I projected it out like the capital growth year on year of say 5%, 6%, 7%, uh, just modeled out different scenarios. Um, even at a most conservative figure of 5% year on year growth, like my property portfolio was generating more equity for me than what I was earning in my day job. So I had reached that tipping point where like I didn't have to do anything like I could, um, like I didn't even have to show up to work and my property portfolio would be generating more money than for me than what I was doing for myself in my day job. That was the aha moment. And at that point in time, um, around, that, around that time was when I actually decided to quit my job. So me and my missus, we both quit our jobs um, and we went traveling for about seven, eight months. So we, me and my missus were both very natural savers. So at that point in time, like we had pretty much paid off, or well, not pretty much, we had, we were very close to paying off our PPOR. So we had um, a lot of money in offsets, um, you know, and just the fact that our property portfolio would generate wealth for us in the background. Um, that gave us enough confidence to go, yep, see you later. We don't, we're no longer tied to our day jobs. The opportunity for early retirement led Chen to seek out new experiences. And that was also around the time where, you know, I was absolutely confident that I'd be in a position where I could retire before an age of 40. Um, so I was kind of curious. I was starting to ask myself questions around, okay, you've got enough money now. What are you actually going to do with yourself? Like, how are you going to find fulfillment? How are you going to, what are you going to fill your days with? And that was kind of why uh, we decided to quit and go traveling um, was so that we could, you know, explore different hobbies, meet new people. Um, we did a language course um, just so we could have new experiences. But Chen's desire for fulfillment and personal growth resulted in his movement away from early retirement. Funny thing is like about six months into our trip, you know, I was kind of, I was starting to question myself, oh, is that all there is? Um, like I, I kind of feel like I'm missing something. Um, and it was only now, it's only more recently that I've started to realize what was missing. And it's, um, it's really um, a sense of contribution, a sense of growth, and a sense of, um, you know, giving something back, um, personal growth that really fulfills, that, 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 that's truly fulfilling. So that's, that's what I've come to realize. And now, now the idea of retirement is so foreign to me now. I don't even 
I don't aspire to, to be retired anymore. So I've done a complete 360. <laughs> Chen's desire to help fellow investors and the significant role of mortgage broking for property investments led him to run his own business. So I'm 32 at the moment um, and now I've, the reason why I wanted to get into mortgage broking is so that I can create something um, from scratch for myself and then being a, be able to have that meaningful impact on others. I think Mortgage broking, uh, amongst all the other property-related professionals, I think mortgage brokers have the biggest ability to have an impact on um, a property investor's property journey. Because um, for me, I, I think property really is a game of finance. Like if you can't get finance, if you can't get your finance structures right, you're toast. So I think um, the whole game of property is underpinned by finance. And then just reflecting on my own journey, um, the property, uh, sorry, the mortgage brokers that I've worked with, you know, they've they've um, educated me, they've expanded my mindset, and then they've um, painted the possibilities as to what could be achieved. So I think I, I want to do something similar. So inspired by this story and what Jack Chen is excited about today, We'll keep the conversation going in a future episode on Property Investory Podcast where we'll talk about how to apply the strategy of using spare equity. Um, I'll just pull out that equity even if I didn't know what I wanted to do with it, even if I didn't have a purchase lined up. As soon as there was equity, just pull it out and just have it sitting there. You're not incurring interest anyway. The importance of seeking help and connecting with other investors. So it's a combination of having a mentor and connecting with like-minded individuals that I've taken my property investing to a whole nother level. And that's next on a future episode of Property Investory Podcast. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.